All right. Welcome, everybody. It is 7 o'clock on Wednesday. That means it's time for Sci-Fi Distilled. Welcome back, Mary Beth. And welcome, Chris LaRoche. How are you, sir? Oh, it is so good to be back. Thank you. Good to have no, you. This is a long time with you. Long, I don't know why we haven't done it sooner. I apologize. Yeah. We, this so right. Tonight we are doing 1996 The Phantom. Uh, this is one of this is actually one of my favorite movies. I really do like this movie. Mine as well. So um, but before we get into that, I think Mary Beth has some news. Mary I have Beth just a news. little bit of news. I have one, two, three, four. I have five pieces of news, and I'm gonna fly through them because I'm excited. To talk about the Phantom. Uh, news number one: Who is the biggest Strange New Worlds fan? I think Anson Mount is making a case that it might be him. He's been on. Uh, he's been at a couple of different events lately, talking to reporters and doing interviews, and he has been pumping Strange New Worlds up, uh, left, right, and center, telling reporters that the Lower Decks crossover is not the strangest episode of the season. Uh, he has high praise for Jack Quaid and Tawny Newsom. Um, he calls that episode tremendous fun and straight up comedy and they had a blast with it. But he says, that's not even the craziest thing we did. There's one episode I'm thinking towards the end of the season, you'll know it when you see it. And it required us to work many weekends. So, uh, he says, we tried a couple of things that have never been done on Trek before. <laughs> I hope he's right. I hope Strange New World we'll season see. two is a great season. They haven't given us like a date yet though, but that's okay. Uh, news item number two. It was Martin Luther King weekend. I had a little extra time. So I watched TV for you, my gentle viewers. Uh, here's my reviews. I watched Velma. Bad. Don't watch Velma. I watched Willow. Good. Watch Willow. That was really, really cute and really sweet. It was just fun. What it was Vel what's Velma on? What pop Velma was HBO. It was um, the... the Scooby-Doo, they took the Velma right. character and gave her backstory, and it's getting it's getting like completely trashed by both critics and viewers alike. It, it's bad. Willow was awesome. Warwick Davis was excellent. And then uh, the other night, I watched the very first episode of The Last of Us, and that's... That is supposed to be very good. I have, that is yet. off to a great start. I had never played the game. No, me it's neither. Fascinating. It's, it's a very... It's another... Look, guys, it's another zombie show yeah. but it, it's a very it's kind of like it's kind of like uh, resident evil i think right yeah uh, to me it's more like walking dead but it because but i haven't played the game it, but they have a very interesting little science like the game is very critically acclaimed yeah the game the game is very i've never again never played it but I've yeah it's very and good supposedly they, they're staying very very tight to the game i thought it was great it's another show at pedro pascal pedro pascal right. is a busy man He's a busy man because they also dropped another Mando teaser trailer. Everyone is super excited. We're ready for the Mandalorian on March 1st. So that was uh, news two and three. Moving on, uh, the Power Rangers, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. That franchise is celebrating its 30th year anniversary in 2023 and members of the original mighty morphin power rangers cast are returning for a new special on netflix called the mighty morphin power rangers once and always and they're all back like it's it's gonna be like david yost is back as billy uh walter Manuel jones is back as zach like all your favorite characters including barbara goodson's Rita repulsa <laughs> like they're all back so it should be kind of a fun time for those of you who are down with the Power Rangers. Uh, I just talked about Mando, and I'm not going to talk about Justin Roiland tonight because I'm kind of mad at him right now. And that's it for the news. Um, he got in trouble with a lot. Um, I'm, 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 I'm. Rizzo, what are we drinking tonight? What are we drinking tonight? We are drinking the Golden Phantom. How it kind of fits, right? So it's got Ooh. cognac, orange blossom, honey, or I'm sure if you just have regular honey, that's fine. Uh, liqueur 43 and pineapple juice and, and lime lemon juice. What so, so is liqueur? I'm not really sure. I'd have to look that one up, honestly. And a pinch of salt. Me, but I'm sure it's probably somewhat available. But sounds yeah, good. I don't know what the liqueur 43 is, but probably worth a try. I really should try some of these. Oh, I see. Anyway, on the web, on the Facebook page, if you want to look that one. Hello, up. Martin. Hello, Sue. Yeah, a lot of people on on Hi, tonight. Bill. Hi, you Martin. brought a lot of people with you. Yay! Well, My so, concern the last time was getting here on time. Oh, right. you were on. You're fine. You're, you're on time. You're <laughs> an hour early tonight. Get home in time. So he was an hour early. Not the last time. 
Gotta, the mail never stops. No, no day. Yes, it and does. It's Publishers Clearinghouse Day. It does, and I did. <laughs> well, all right. <laughs> anyway, uh, so it's 1996. They, this movie came out. Um, I did see this in the theater. In fact, I have a very, very vivid re recollection of seeing this movie in the theater. In fact, I went to Fuddruckers for blood dinner afterwards. You remember that? Oh, wow. I remember that. Oh, yeah. I remember. I really, really enjoyed this film. Um, this to me, the thing with this film is there's so many things that strike a chord with me. Um, it has so many elements that I loved as a kid. So many things. First, you have this, this action hero um, who, who uh, you have, you have seaplanes. Yes. You've got yes. pirates. You've got yes. a pirate base that's like underwater Under, with in like the sea cave. this yeah. kind of steampunk yeah. stuff mixed with pirates. And, and our hero has his own secret cave. The hero has his own yeah. skull cave. Um, yeah. And, it, you know, it just, it, it just, it, there's just so many things that, that fall in place. Down. I mean, when you think about this, this, the Phantom really was where the serials and stuff started came from, you know, like we saw yes. Indiana Jones, we kind of compare this movie to Indiana Jones like, but really the Phantom predates, of course, Indiana Jones. And that's where they got their idea. You know? And uh, also one of the uh, writers, or I believe one of the people involved was uh, one of the writers on Indiana Jones, the Temple of Doom as well. Yes, actually, I think you're absolutely right about that. So, Chris, tell us a little bit about the Phantom's history. Like, tell us. I know he started in 1936. I want to say. Yeah. He predates. That. He predates Batman. Superman. He does. He, does. he is he the first. Yeah. Yes. He is the very first masked, costumed hero. He beat Superman by about four years, three, four years. Uh, he got his start. In uh, the comic strips, it was. It began about February seventeenth, nineteen thirty-six, in the in the uh, dailies. He made it to the Sunday strips on May twenty-eighth, nineteen thirty-six. Wow. He was created by Lee Falk, who you might recognize the name, especially if you happen to be a fan of Mandrake the Magician, which he also did. Did um his uh art for the artist that first did it after he stopped doing it was Ray Moore, almost right away, and he did it uh, almost the whole run in the kind on the strips. Yeah, Moore Moore worked on that up until almost the seventies. Is that right? He worked on it up until the sixties, I think. Well, from what I understand, after uh. Falk died, the comic strip still continued. Oh, yes. It, it actually it I, did. I think right. it's just really like Dick Tracy after Gould died, it continued on after that. I kind of came into this uh, with the Phantom, like most of us, through the Gold Key comics uh, when they when they came because I, and I was fascinated and I was fascinated by it. Uh, but They've run pretty much consistent. They're very big in India, believe it or not, as well, because there was always some... Falk originally had him set in Africa, but because of the name Bengala and a few of the other names used, there was con some conjecture on whether or not it took place in somewhere in India rather than, than uh, Africa. And the fact that even in the Billy Zane movie, he's in the... Uh, cage with a tiger and he that he that he pets which would lead to that suggestion at all as well since tigers are not found in africa right uh but um he was uh, around uh quite, quite a while he was considered the standard for action intrigue and romance yeah because again unlike other heroes remember there was Lois Lane. Would she ever get Superman and all that, which didn't happen until decades later. Batman, the poor victim either died or moved away. But romance <laughs> is a big part of the Phantom because you it's a legacy hero. 
you a big yes. part of the industry can is you, finding the next person. Yes. Can you explain that? So pretend there's someone watching who's who doesn't know who the Phantom is and how each successive Phantom because of, can you explain who the Phantom is and how he becomes the Phantom? Yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, um, I thought the movie touched on it. The movie does a really good it. job, actually. The movie, yes, they did. Little, yeah, they um, did touch on it at the end when they're showing the the yeah. Yeah, he explained uh, the very beginning too. The very, very beginning starts with the yeah, story. As always, yeah. with the tagline for those who came late. Right. Um, but he oddly enough, he started he started off as his father and son, same Christopher Walker. Kit didn't come, the name Kit didn't come into the picture first as a nickname and then his regular name until after the movie serial. So Christopher Walker, who, in fact, was one of the crew members with Christopher Columbus on one of his voyages. On his last voyage, they were attacked by pirates, and uh, the father was killed. The son, who went well and not was over, went overboard and uh, washed ashore, and was saved by the Bengal natives, who. Um, took him, raised him, and uh, took him to what the Skull Cave, where the Skull Cave is. I'm sure a certain bat author saw that and started thinking about it. Uh, but they gave him gave him the rings. And, yes. uh, oh, show, show again. Show, show for a second so we can see. Yeah, there, you go. there you go. Perfect. Skull ring. This is the good mark, called the good mark. And the skull ring, which usually left an imprint on someone's jaw. That's like right. That. In the Why bad guy. You see the bad guy at the beginning of the movie. He actually. Yes. It, James he? Remar. Yeah. Right yes. Now. That's James Remar. Yes. Yes. But um, he uh, had to recite the uh, the, the uh, skull oath. How he will uh, fight piracy, tyranny, ruthlessness in all its forms. And my son and I, and my sons will carry on for me and their sons as well. Uh, the comic strips were among the most popular, actually one of the most popular comic strips along with Flash Gordon, uh, Dick Tracy, and so on. The Phantom first saw a different um, incarnation in... Um, in the serials, serials were very popular. Yes. Back in the day, and in 1946, Western star Tom Tyler took the role. He was no stranger to superheroes because, in fact, he has his own little place in history. He was the actor that starred in arguably, and I agree with this, the greatest superhero serial of them all, one Captain Marvel. I don't know if you can see it, but in two years earlier, he started that, and it was immensely popular. And but again, like every other serial, you had budget things. the The wolf was really a German shepherd, and they couldn't hide it. Ah, uh, now in this film, that really was a wolf. Yes, in the film, it really was. Oh yes, it had some concern. It was. You can only train a wolf so much. It's not a dog. Yeah, you adjust. <laughs> You go from, very well. you go from <laughs> here to here and you get a reward. Right. Yeah, yes. yeah yes. Christy Swanson Super was kind quick, of concerned Chris, that before <laughs> you continue, I just put a YouTube link in the chat for everyone. It's uh, a YouTube, it's the 1943 Phantom Serial. It's four hours long, so don't try watching it all at once. Because but it's, it's all, all 15 chapters or all 15 episodes, I guess. Of the Jack. 1943 serial, if you guys are interested in seeing that. But anyway, go ahead, Chris. Continue with okay. your history. Interestingly enough, the second uh, Phantom, like I said, mentioned romance, which was a big part of it. Uh, the granddaughter of Christopher Columbus was the second Phantom's wife. And as an interesting change, the 17th Phantom was female. Go yeah, a lot of people her. don't know. Didn't know that. Uh, That's cool. What yeah, she took over as the Phantom when her twin brother Kit was unable to. 
Okay. And it's kind of vague whether it was an injury or he just couldn't. Okay. And she took over the role as the Phantom. She was the 17th Phantom. There have been, the, the one with Billy Zane is the 21st. Oh, so wow. if we take this to modern times, it's about the 23rd or 24th Phantom is probably where we would be now, probably 24th. Wow, I didn't realize it had gone that far. That's amazing. Oh, yeah, he, he mentions in the film that he's there's 20, there's been 20 fans. Yeah, he did. Like 23, yeah, he's the 21st. So he's the 21st. Yes. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, they did keep things pretty accurate to the history of, of the fandom they in the they movie. They did a really oh, yeah. good job. Very tight. Because of, they constantly refer to the Phantom Chronicles, which, like in Star Trek, journals were a big part of the fandom's career. Because every time he needed some guidance or to research something that looked familiar, he would go back through the Chronicles to see if any of the previous fandoms had encountered like the Singh Brotherhood and so on depending on uh, what the situation called for. And, of course, because it was a generational thing, everyone came to believe eventually that he, the Phantom was one person. He was the ghost that walks, the man that couldn't die, according to uh, the comics and the comic strips. He uh, had a prolific time on film, more so than I thought. In 1957, he an unsold pilot was uh, made, and uh, I, I suggest I think probably to combat Johnny Weissmuller, who was playing Jungle Jim at the time. Time during that, that someone needed another jungle hero, and Tarzan was still doing movies there. So I would assume he did. Now the interesting thing about that is. Uh, Roger Creed played the Phantom. He was kind of on the short side and stocky, but he had a stunt history, and he was very good at it. What amazed me about this, why it was never released, was his guest stars for that episode were Paulette Goddard, Ron Chaney Jr., and Reginald Denny. Now, I know everyone's familiar with Ron Chaney Jr., but Paulette Goddard was a leading lady back in the 40s, and Reginald Denny was a character actor from the 30s through the 40s. I mean, these are not lightweight people at all. And I would have thought with that kind of pedigree, they would have at least, even if it was a one-off, they would have released it on television. I have it. I've seen it. You can see it on YouTube. It's quite it's quite good as far as for what it is. It's, it's a... We don't Cheap know. Thing. Yeah, we don't know why it didn't. It didn't go. No, they, it was unsold. So I don't know if they ever televised it or not. But they did complete it, and I just watched it again yeah, the other day. Point. So you know, there's lots of shows that get pilots made that that's we true. never see. I know that's they, true. Never see daylight. That's yeah, true. Would, they didn't make it. They didn't make the cut. Pedigree. Yeah. I would have thought with the pedigree of the uh, co-stars. I mean, Paulette Goddard is no slouch. And Reginald yeah, Denny. Those are him. familiar names, yeah. Those yeah, if you're familiar. a film buff like, like me, yeah, yeah, you look at that, and I, and I had forgotten that. I looked at my, holy cow, and it was unreleased with wow. these people. Granted, it was probably closer to the end of their, their glory days were behind them, but still. But still. And so that was... You said that was 1957, and then were there any yeah. other Phantoms, or did, was uh, the next one this one? Oh, yeah. There were several. Yeah. Um, there was an animated show called The Defenders of the Universe. It was the only time that uh, two of Lee Falk's creations, the Phantom and Mandrake the Magician, along with Flash Gordon, were on Saturday mornings. There were 65 episodes, and and I think it ran from 86 to 91. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. I know this. Yeah. No, that's there, were several, there were several anime. I remember it was really on, my first introduction. One, one of them is a Voltron thing. I don't think yeah, this was a Voltron. I remember one of my first, my first uh, introduction to the Phantom was Saturday Morning Cartoon. It was Saturday Morning Cartoon. I was, cartoon. Oh, that was probably the one you saw. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think it was. They paired it with. They had an animated version of Flash Gordon. Yeah, he was. It would run with that, you know. It was a three-person team. And I want to say there was also the Lone Ranger in there somewhere. Uh, down I think down the road, like like they had sixty-five episodes, so I'm sure he may have been a part of that as well. But initially, it was Emperor Ming doing his thing and Flash and the other two coming in. Chris, I think it was Defenders of the Earth. Because Defenders of the Universe is a Voltron thing, which is kind of a... Well, uh, the pilot may have been called that. Or maybe the pilot was Defenders of the Earth and they got picked up as something different. But if you like to Google it... Like I said, when the Lone Ranger probably entered the picture, that would have probably... I want to say the Lone Ranger was its own show. I don't think it was not combined with these guys. But it was all the same like company producing this stuff at the same time. It was. Yeah. But it was not filmation because the animation wasn't horrible. No, no, it's King, no, no. King Features. It's King Features. But it's Flash but, Gordon, Phantom, Mandrake the Magician, Mandrake's assistant, uh, Lothar, and they are opposing yeah. Ming the Merciless. Yes. And a few of their enemies as well. And yeah. talking about animated style, there was, of course, um, Phantom 2040. What made that very interesting was the fact that it was made in the same style by the same people that made MTV's Eon Flux. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, oh, I it I is. Do remember that as well. few episodes of it on, on I remember Eon Flux. That was a weird little thing. It was thing. very bizarre. Well, yeah. they made, they made a feature film of that as Here well. The eyelashes, her eyelashes yes. spot the fly. Oh. You can see the style right off the bat. Uh, because the <laughs> the Phantom is more slender than you normally expect them to be. The interesting thing, though, was the talent that they brought to it. Scott Valentine did the voice of the Phantom, but Margot Kidder was the main voice of the main villain in that one, and Ron Perlman was her henchman. Oh, I love Alan Oppenheimer was in there too. Those that know that name. Are very and are familiar with the six million dollar man. Know him as Rudy Wells from the uh, original pilots. And uh, just to make it interesting, Mark Hamill did some voices in there. Oh, and another good. interesting name, Deborah Harry. Is that strike Harry, like Blondie? Blondie? Uh, possibly, yeah. given the MTV pedigree of Eon Flux and mm. this show. That would not surprise me at all if it was, in fact, Debbie Harry that was involved in it. But it was, but it was interesting. And interesting. So now, so now that brings one us more, to- and then we'll oh, get one to more. the one more, and we'll get to the good stuff. One more, okay. Uh, <laughs> Chris, then, uh, and it'll be very brief because oh, yeah, this yeah, yeah, guy yeah, yeah. here, this is one. Uh, this is the latest television incarnation. MTV did a, and I have to correct it, Sci Fi Channel did a version of the Phantom. And as you can see, it's radically different. They covered the history and everything, but like, unlike the Phantom, he Kit was a reluctant hero, which was never the case with him. And they gave him that, that odd outfit he's wearing is all body armor. And everything, which totally shoots down the premise of the ghost who walks. After all, why does a ghost need body armor? Especially body armor that looks like body armor. You know, so fortunately... Well, it was, there's, there's a lot of suspense yeah. or disbelief even in all these films. So yeah. <laughs> because they went did the notice, like, did you look on Billy Zane? Like, did you notice his costume? It had, like, skulls. Yeah, there's details yes. in it. Because they did that because if you notice, he he has the belt buckle with the yeah. skull emblem on it, but he's not wearing the tr- the striped trunks. Yeah, they so tried they, it, but it looked ridiculous. They tried it. They said it didn't look right. <laughs> yeah. So they implied okay. it. You know so they silk screened the skull head. It's yeah. very effective, but I think the reason it's so effective is because he worked so hard to get himself into shape. Yes, with that movie, yes, he did. Because, right? He, uh, he, he pumped quite a bit of iron to to for like yeah, a and year. he studied the for movie like a year prior to yeah fighting style that was kind of yeah. unique. Yeah, so yeah, he, he read all he read all the you know he was, he was a fan of the comics 
yes, from before, he had read the comics. When, he had, when he actually it was the only comic he film. ever collected. Yes. As a matter of fact. Yeah, he started in 89 when he was on a film that he got started reading it. So he always wanted to do this character. So, so it's Chris, kind of a, a matchup. Yes, yes, he did. He wanted to do it. So, Chris, what do you think about this movie's authenticity and, and what they tried to do? What do you think about it? Oh, I think uh, I think they really did a great job with it. I mean, right from the beginning, like when we did The Rocketeer, the very first thing you see is for those who came late, even though it's the start of the movie. Now, anybody that's a Phantom fan, you always get that tag on the Sunday strip because not everyone got to read it during the week. You know, and of course there was... Uh, you know, I mean, that immediately told you you were in the right place, that they're going to be serious about this. And um, how can you possibly go wrong with the narration from Patrick McGowan? I mean, that voice you'd know in the dark. Yes. I mean, and I love the fact they used him as the previous Phantom. Yes. Oddly enough, a lot of the Phantom uh, stuff, both animated and live action, they always had another actor usually playing the previous Phantom briefly. They did it with uh, the Tom Tyler serial as well. And so you'd have that. I love the fact that he was the spirit of the Phantom previous to him. Of course, everyone knows who Patrick is if you're familiar with The Prisoner and Secret Agent or Danger Man if you're across the pond. For me... Uh, Patrick is always going to be the scarecrow of Romney Marsh with a laugh that could put the shadow to shame. I mean, <laughs> one of my personal icons, but like Rizzo, I saw it in the theater. And the lavish camera work, especially when they're on the island, is take your breath away. It was beautiful. It is a very beautifully beautiful shot. shot. Yeah. In yes. fact, the New York scenes alone, um, what they did to get all those, you know, was shot on actual New York Street, but they got all those cars. To, and I, I always question, I'm like, I don't know if there was that much traffic, even in New York in 1930. Maybe. Uh, I mean, it was just like this wall is almost like today. with a But anyway, you know, again, that scene where he jumps out of the cab. And he runs it because that was actually yeah, uh, they did yeah, that he's all one, over one the shot. Yeah, the they did that all one shot. That was uh, he did the plane a lot of practical well. stuff. Yeah, well, I, Billy didn't do the. They had a stuntman do the jumping in the cars. I'm pretty sure. But he did that, do well. He, but he did the, the pontoon stuff. thing. He did hang on that plane. Yeah, he did hang on the plane pontoon. I believe he did that stunt. So which is um, crazy. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, but um, Billy Zane. Is kind of crazy. I mean, I mean, he, even everybody chooses has that bizarre bet. Like even he guest starred on Batman the Animated Series. What role is his, his character's name? Jason Blood, who uh -huh. transfer transforms into the demon Etrigan. He did. He did play the bad guy in Titanic. So yes, I guess. Of, yeah, yeah. He's always he's I like he him as an one actor. Of the guys, he, he does one well. of the guys in the original Back to the Future. He was oh, that's Biff right. He Hensley. was one of Biff's henchmen or Biff's. Buddy. He outgrew it by the third one, but he was in the first one. That's right. He was. He was in Back to the Future. Yep. Yeah, he's well, done a lot of stuff. I mean, if you look at his his uh, his career, he's done yeah. up right up till today. He's still working. He's still working. And you just don't hear about him. You don't hear about him that much. But Titanic was the last big thing he did. Like every time during when I would watch the animated Justice League series and I knew he was the character was going to be on there. I watched it because he has a aside from the fact he's got killer good looks and everything else. His voice is just amazing yes. to listen to. I mean, yeah. he can do it in inflection, what most actors can't. I mean, he's very subtle in that regard, and that makes him really good. It's one of the points, like I always keep my fingers crossed when they talk about reboots and everything. The beauty of the Phantom is you wouldn't need that because, again, it's generational. Right. Billy Zane, even at the age he is today, could still play that role. Yes. And the movie could be about the transition 
to the next Phantom. You know, you're right. I expect he could still play that role. Yes. So, yeah. And the fact that he would look older would only add to it because, yes, it's time now for the 22nd Phantom to take over. Right, right. It's so, one of those few great movies that a reboot is not necessary. Yeah. How did this film do financially? This financially, this film um, did did not do quite as well as they might have wanted. It cost them, where is it? It cost them $45 million to make. But it only did $23 million at the box office, however, at the time. However, since then, fans have discovered it. And I noticed, and Chris, I wanted to hear your opinion on this. I noticed when I was doing my research that uh, I was watching reviews where people either loved it or hated it. And I noticed the hate people who hated it, they didn't know the history. They no, didn't they, know the Phantom. They didn't know the comic book. And there was one guy out of, he said the Nordic countries. I don't know if he meant that he was from Norway or where he was from exactly. But apparently the Phantom was quite big for a long time kind of in Norway, Finland, Sweden, kind of in that area. And um, when the movie came out, he was like, no, no, this is all wrong. This isn't like the comic book I know. And then to his credit, he went back and did his research and did the history and started reading the older comics and was like, Oh no, this was perfect. This movie was perfect. And he gave it a glowing review. So yeah, yeah I've noticed. I don't, people- yeah. I don't, when I saw this, I don't, I didn't have, other than, like I said, all I had my familiarity was that I didn't read the comic books. I had watched the, uh, the cartoon as a kid. And, but again, to me, you don't have to be necessarily a fan of this, character no. to like this movie because it's no. just it's, it's so much did i mention it has seaplanes yes <laughs> it's, it's got yeah. seaplanes and that right there is a and huge pirates. part of my book it had a pirate fortress that's like in a cave i mean it's like it had everything i loved as a kid it is and can i point out that it's pg it's rated pg yeah i mean it's yeah there's nothing the worst the worst thing is the guy getting his eyes yeah the worst is the guy getting his eyes and they don't show it they just it's off camera you can i think they could have done without that honestly i think that was the lowest part of the movie yeah but that was in keeping with treat williams right and you had to keep with i think the thing of it is, the re- part of the reason fans have discovered this again is it is part of what me and a lot of people refer to as the Elder <coughs> Pope or 1930s trilogy. Yeah. Which is comprised of, of course, the Rocketeer, which we covered, the, the Phantom, Phantom, and the Shadow. Shadow. Right. And the other, know, the other. We all call it the Pope or 30s trilogy, and they were discovered. After they came out of the theaters, uh, again, I think because in part a lot of people didn't grew up. We grew up with these characters. I did, so I was so excited. But a lot of people didn't, so they were kind of on the periphery. You say Batman, Superman. Oh yeah, yeah. The Phantom. Everyone immediately. You'd be surprised how many people think of Phantom of the Opera. Right. Yes, even when I was trying to Google, even when you Google the opera, quite a bit comes up. It was very frustrating, yeah. but he does have readership. Uh, he he had his readership hit like hundred million worldwide, all over the world. He is huge in like, Europe and India. Yes, India. And oh. one odd little mm-hmm. thing was in India. For some reason, he's red. I think his costume is what red. Is and his when costume they saw the movie, red. they were like, "Why is he purple?" <laughs> Originally, his costume was. Black or blue because yeah. purple was a hard color. Like gray or something, right? Well, right. Anything an in black and white color. came across as gray anyway. Yeah. So purple would come across as gray. Color back in the day. That's why purple came later. But there have been colors of him being in red as well. I mean, uh, but purple is no. my favorite color, so I'm going to go with the purple. I like uh, I think it works. I think it works. You know, it works. One of the great things about the, I think, this character is, is he's relatable in the sense that he's not a superhero in the sense that he has powers of any kind. He's he just trains. a guy in good shape and knows how to fight. Yeah. And I love the fact, I don't know why, that he just, his 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 major weapon is two pistols. I mean, he doesn't have anything fancy. There's no grappling thing. There's no utility belt. He's got two 1911 45 
pistols mm-hmm. and and that's it that's it and he, you know and i always it, it just works to me it just makes more sense that this was more realistic there, you could random would incorporate more uh gadgetry because even in this movie he had everything that was kind of cutting edge at the time with the radio you know i mean um and through the comics, which I was, a, which I am a fan of too, his pistols would always be cutting edge of that time period. Right, and, and I could see if they made a modern one that he would have, you know, more modern weapons or maybe yes, a few yeah. electronic gadgets, but not, yeah, but not and, like and Batman, he, where everything really Batman got away with everything exactly. he did. A little and bit the of fighting style, series, but Batman twenty forty, which takes place in the future. Right, he still maintains. The exact same costume and the exact same look, but some right. of the gadgets he and uses are uh, intricate to that time period. I, I also I also really like the fact that his nemesis really are the pirates. I mean, yes, Sam yes. tracks in this movie, but yeah, and and not yeah. you know like it seems like every nineteen thirties films like they always use their bad guys are Nazis. <laughs> they were the default bad guys. Right, they were the default bad guy because, like, well, I said, I've always said that nobody, nobody's ever offended stuff. by making the Nazis bad guys. No so. one's ever offended <laughs> by making the Nazis. Bad. Did you guys notice that there was a Drax and a Quill, like in Guardians of the Galaxy? In this, was that? I wondered if was that like an odd little nod. Well, Drax, was... that name. I mean, there was a Drax in James Bond Moonraker. Remember? Yeah, that's true. Drax. You need a villain, and you don't know what to do. It's a good. It's a good villain name. It's a great although, although Drax and Guardians was not a villain. No, good point. So let's let's idiot. talk about a few of these characters, and we'll do a couple of the scenes because I really want Chris's feedback. Chris, what did you think about our bad guy Treat Williams, who played I can't remember the first name, but Drax? Oh, Xander. I don't know. Don't oh, you remember? It begins and ends with X. Begins and ends with X. That's right. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. You're probably going to hate me for this, but I think in a lot of ways, he was the weakest point in the movie because he could play a great villain but the pro and when i saw the blades come out he was devious he was cunning he was dangerous which made him a good foe for the phantom but then from the time he threw the spear in the office he went over the top he went a bit to me at least he went a bit off the reservation he went he just got real loud, really kind of hammed it up a little bit. He looked more like a serial villain than a movie villain for me. Okay. The pirate, the guy that played the lead yeah, pirate, Carrie, girl, he, he was dangerous and you knew it going out of the box. Yes, and of I course, enjoyed Carrie's work. Of course, yeah, he's back been in at that time period, too. if you needed a bad guy or a number one henchman, there was only one guy for the job back in the 70s and 80s, and that was James Remar. Yes, yes. He was from his role in the Warriors to his role in uh, up, right? 48 Hours. I mean, and even when he played the good guy, oddly enough, in Black Lightning recently. I mean, yeah. if you needed a go-to bad guy, he was the well, man. He has the voice. You know, he had the yes. voice for it. He's we, got that gruff voice. And We talked about James briefly. He was going to be in Aliens. And unfortunately, I believe he was struggling with a substance addiction at that time. But he got himself cleaned up. He got himself back to work. And he okay. did a lot of great movies. And this is one of them. Oh, God. Yeah. This was After. at the height of his power when, when they needed a really good heavy. You couldn't go. You couldn't do any better than him back in the back in the eighties. Yeah. Just good. He was good. I was delighted when I saw the movie Red, even though he had a small part in it. it was great seeing him back. Yeah, you know. Chris, but uh, Treat, I like Treat Williams. Loved him in Hair and everything. But uh, when he started going a little bit to the left, uh, as far as overacting, yelling and carrying on i mean it took the menace out of him okay for me at least i i see i thought he was became really, more what, what, I, I, yeah i'm disagreeing I, I liked him in this i liked him. i liked his i thought it i thought his his over the topness kind of went to his he's a little bit crazy yeah he's a little bit off. like he's, he's a little bit not there. on that edge he's beyond eccentric he's kind of power hungry and a little bit nuts 
Yeah. And which makes him dangerous. Yeah. You know, and I think it's just the yeah. way he played it. Like I said, I like him and stuff he's been in prior to this. I loved him in 1941. Oh yeah. He's got egg in my uniform. Yeah, I mean, you listen, you listen to him talk during the interviews of making this movie, and where his mindset was with the character, which made me wonder. Okay, if that's where you are, why did you go down this road? Yeah. Choice actors. Yeah, make I choices. mean, you know, I mean, I don't know. I, I love the scene where she gives him the skull, and she's like, "I, I polished it up with some toothpaste." Can I really? Can, can Catherine, yeah, and his reaction to it. <laughs> Catherine Zeta-Jones's Sala is yes. my favorite character. In That's this why movie. we call and her I, Catherine the Great. Catherine the Great. I feel yeah. like she, they, this was supposed to be, there's supposed to be sequels. Like oh, yeah. And I feel like she would have, we would have seen her again, and I love oh, yeah. her. Yeah, no, what she was a good character. She was, well, the thing of it is, for her, oddly enough, this was a... a a role where she was trying to break type. Up to this point, she had played good girls good and everything. Right, right. Yeah. She was right. She a bad person. Being one of the bad guys. But in the end, in the end, she became a good. Yeah, But you noticed, like her whole squadron was women. Like all the women yeah. were pilots. So it was, it was like all these women pilots. pilots. So that was kind of cool. That was very. That was very um, running around in their underwear. Actually, yeah, but actually, for the fan of. That was one of the things about the Phantom that made it unique. Yeah, as far as women went in, in the Phantom, both comic strips and everything, the women were always strong in the Phantom history. Well, I mean, yeah, and even... At a time the, where... Right, where it wasn't, wasn't I mean, normal. They were always the damn Phantom's wife. That's what I was going to say. This as a hobby, so which is what they carried into the movie that most people didn't know. When she was slugging guys, because that's what she did. She right. that well, was her right. former character, Chris. In her backstory, is she was a boxer in college. She was an athlete, right? She was a boxer. That's what. Yes. <laughs> so it's like, well, how many women do you know from from that so, era would have been a boxer? Yeah. I mean, it would, she would have probably been nineteen thirty six. That kind of yeah, nineteen thirty six. You're right, Chris. So in a way, I feel like this Diana Palmer was kind of toned down a little bit from what the comic book Diana. Was. I don't know. She was throwing well, some punches. Yeah. She was a more aggressive character. Of course, we know Christy from Buffy. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. She's the original Buffy, the film Buffy. This was probably, for me, this was probably her last really good role because you, you saw you less. Yeah, you saw less and less of her. Yeah, you didn't do much after this. She, um, she is still working on TV shows and stuff, but. You, you know, I'm just looking at her IMDb right now. She's out there. Just you just don't see. Yeah, her. she's doing stuff, but not this was. Yeah, yeah. a bigger thing. But yes, I think she was perfect in this role. Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> I think she fit well. Um, she did the character well. I mean, she, certainly she's attractive. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of good chemistry between her and Billy. And um, I, I was looking forward to the sequel because they made sure you knew that she needs to make up her own mind whether or not she's going to hang around with this guy in the jungle at the end of the movie. Yeah. You nobody know, says, I mean, but nobody yeah, says no to the Phantom. Nobody says no to the Phantom. Nobody says no to the Phantom. Yes. <laughs> nobody argues. Nobody argues the Phantom either. Uh, yes. <laughs> old jungle saying. So, old jungle. Old old jungle saying. Yeah. You don't argue with the Phantom, which oh. was another thing I liked that they did. That was his other tagline, the old jungle scene thing. But, so, uh, there, there's some other good mentions, uh, you know, as far as cast um, in this. Yes. And I do you roads, recognize you almost everybody. To the roads. Um, you know, it's, it's uh, well, you could do the roads if you want. I was going to say, like, we did, watch the film. I mean, I'm not going to go through every single one, but every person, almost every person that's in this film, you kind of recognize from something else. Yes. <laughs> yes, you do. You recognize everyone. Here, I'll I'll zip through the road super, super fast. Uh, Carrie Hiroyuki Tagawa, who we just talked about as our pirate uh, bad guy, he was in Encounter at Farpoint. He was a Mandarin yeah. bailiff. Uh, Samantha Egger, she played yeah. the mother. Well, she played Picard's brother's wife. He played Marie in uh, the two episodes, Family, or just one yeah. episode, Family. Bernard Cates, he played Falkmore the butler. Uh, he played Sigmund Freud in Phantasms. Bill 
how pronounce it? Smitrovich. He played Uncle Dave Palmer. That's the uncle that sends her. He played Webb in Deep Space Nine episode Past Tense Part One and Past Tense Part Two. Uh, Leon Russum, who played Mayor Krebs, he played Admiral Todman in the uh, Deep Space Nine episode The Die Is Cast. And finally, uh, this is uh, someone who you don't really see, uh, John Prosky. He was just a cycle cop. He was just a cop in the background of the scenes. Yeah. Uh, he was on Deep Space Nine, a character named Bratha in For the Cause, and he played a character named Ultrin in a Voyager episode called Friendship One. So there are a couple of cool roads to Star Trek. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I loved how they kept, I mean, the jungle was, you got, in essence, to see two jungles. The the jungle where the Phantom lives and the urban jungle of New York during the 30s. That's a great way to look at that. Yeah. yeah. That's and, what I'm saying. You kind of go from, from the Bengali jungle, which is a made-up place. Um, which we again, I agree. If you look at, at the natives, they're it, they definitely have an Indian look, so I believe it is some kind of maybe island or someplace near India. Sure, um, yeah, I told although it was shot in Thailand, it was shot in Thailand, yes, <laughs> and apparently it rained and everything the else. Season. All rain, they had 23 days of rain or something like that. <laughs> and what I liked about it too is a lot of the effects were practical, right? Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, there's. I mean, you can tell where they use back screen. Yeah, the truck um, hanging the kid from the truck that was on the rope bridge. Right, now that was a yeah. practical yeah. effect. They added, they added the the canyon to make it. Yes, yes, different. they added the canyon to make they it look deeper. And I don't think they shot the kid hanging against a green. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, right, but, the skulls right. like when they fly up on their own. But keep in mind, this was '96, so CGI was still really in its. it's Kind of in its infancy. infancy. I mean, yeah, they we were still doing a lot of rear screen projection. Like, right. This, your favorite part with the seaplane where they're hanging out on the pontoon and the plane's heading for the mountain. Right. You can suddenly tell where this part of it is green screen. Sure. Yeah, you can tell. Back, and yeah. then you can tell the part where but you it's know what? Going. Part of me, Chris, has that feeling because that was kind of an effect that they would have done like in the 40s with the stereo. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It was like that movie oh, where the plane is staying, they're just moving the background or something like that. Yeah, and we did had that. that feel of the cliffhanger that they would done, and so I didn't mind that it was pretty obvious. I agree. Um, yeah, but you know, the, the again, the suspension of disbelief. The plane's going like, let's even say on the slow side, 80 miles an hour, 90 miles mm -hmm. an hour. The horse was able to catch up to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. So there's but a the lot of suspension of disbelief. You know, little things like I kind of was watching it today, and I'm like, okay, when they have him in the there, they the, the bad guys got him in this big building in in New York City, right? They captured right. him, Kit, and and he escapes, and he goes into that machine room, and he changes into the Phantom outfit. So all the time he had the Phantom outfit underneath him with both pistols, and nobody bothered to check to find yeah. out because yeah, but it, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you might get away with the outfit, but well, I'm getting he was the wearing a suit and a heavy trench coat, so I'm not picking on it by any means because it's not that kind of movie. It's just yeah, there's little things like that that kind of do do make me laugh a little bit when you kind of oh yeah, and of course, why isn't his hands burning up as he's sliding down the thing? Well, he's using the gun. He was using the gun to slow him down. That's why he yeah. Yeah. You yeah. figure, well, enough for the heat transferred. You're right. The guns would have been just pretty much wrecked. I think the guns yeah. would have gone through. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would have thought the bullets would have ignited. In, well, uh, he's in the water, in the fire, which is possible, but, you know. Right, there's, a, there's, a, there's a lot of things. We don't, I mean, even him things. hanging on. I mean, let's talk about the seaplane that left from New York and went all the way around the world to some place yes. on one tank. Of, we don't tank know. Yes, yeah. Maybe they were so because he was hanging on the pontoon the whole way. <laughs> yeah. I, and another major mainstay of, well, jungle character movies. Yeah, they I mean, again, it's just, it, there's a, there's a level of just, right. It's a suspension of disbelief. We just, we're not here for reality. No. We just want to have, yeah. and this movie is, is just has fun. And that's really the best. It way is. It's so fun. much fun. It's a great yes. popcorn movie. We've said that before. You can sit there, you watch this, you can watch this pretty much with any age, 
you know, family type. It's a good movie. And and it's really, like I said, it's just entertaining. And I really wish they had made more. Music in this movie, you don't hear much about it. Yeah. But I love the theme music they played at the end of this. And it was like, I mean, the music gave gave it a lush jungle feel. Yes. As well. I mean, it just added to an already beautifully lavishly photographed film. Yeah. I you mean, know what's interesting? I, I noticed on the clip that you the 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 the, 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 the documentary you sent us. The music they used on that was from, I believe, another Paramount film called um, Flight of the Intruder, which was a Vietnam uh, Navy. Great movie. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I if you haven't seen Flight of the Intruder, I recommend it. it came out around the same time. Oh, check it out. See yeah, if they um, if they did use the same. Films. The composer yeah. for this movie was a guy named David Newman. He's done a ton of stuff. And he did yeah. get an Academy Award for uh, the very next year. He got an Academy Award for a movie called Anastasia. So, yeah, he's he's pretty prolific. He's got a bunch of stuff out there. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, Simon Windsor, who directed this. He, I mean, look at his credits. Free Willy on one side, Lonesome Dove and, on the and other. And that was interesting. Chris, did you hear that story about how they actually wanted the guy that directed Gremlins? And they wanted Joe direct- Dante. Yes, they wanted Joe Dante to direct this, and Joe actually tweaked the script a little bit. And um, there, there was because I was I was watching Siskel and Ebert, and they were split. Ebert loved it, and Siskel hated it. And what they think happened was Joe had tweaked the script and added some things. And when he left the project, and they brought the new director in, they didn't change it. And some things that were meant to be funny, they didn't realize was to be funny. And some things that were not funny, like it was just a funny, a weird little thing going Let on. Let me explain my problem with Treat Williams. Maybe those few tweaks that you just mentioned may be where I thought he lost it. Because the way he talked about it in the beginning, mm-hmm. especially with that 1930s, 40 vibe he had. Mm-hmm. And with the way he performed it, which wasn't in a major film, yeah, I'd, expect that. I'd expect that in a serial, but not in a movie. But not in a movie. that may have been some of the tweaks, not knowing to play it for laughs or play it seriously. Like, seriously yeah, I don't know. be talking about But I'd, I'd heard that story that some things, you know, were left over from when Joe was going to direct and then they didn't change them. And that would explain a lot of what I thought was confusing. Yeah. But you know what? Honestly, it doesn't did not affect my enjoyment of it. Oh I, no, not at all. I I loved it. In fact, I just watched it again today. I watch it every time it's on television. I I love it. I just did a quick run of about half of the serials, and I watched the unreleased pilot just to refamilium. And it's interesting when I watched that pilot. I didn't realize the first time I watched it, film buff time that all those people were in it. Yeah. Yeah. But this time, since I was more researching it than watching it, and I saw that, I went, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I have oh. to say, I commend Simon, the director, and um, Billy Zane for, re- I mean, they they really did their homework. Zane loved doing this character. Rarely he gets to play the hero, the good guy. And he gave it everything. He trained for a year. His fighting now, his fighting style was unique. And if you notice, one of the things I really loved about the fight scenes, the lack of jump cuts. Yes, but did you hear Billy Zay? Uh, Billy Zane said in I think in that clip you sent us yes. that he said I studied the way he moved in the comic, like the way he yes. was depicted as moving, he was kind of cat-like in the comic Yes, book. He's like, I was trying to move like that. Like I was actually trying to move it. like the character. I was like, wow, you Yeah, he, he definitely threw himself into this role. He threw himself like into they this said role. He used to go out for sushi um, in, his in, in his outfit. Yeah. I have a I have a Oh yeah, you could tell. He was really relishing this, even when he was interviewed. Which for me is one of the biggest shames he didn't get the chance to do more. Yes, it makes you think, oh man, imagine if this had become a series. I think yeah, well, look at, I ha- that's the most frustrating thing. God, what we it was right? great and what we got to miss because yeah. of there she is. 
Ah, there we I'm are. I'm being attacked. Well, the I would introduce you to Laura, but she's already in bed with the wife, so okay. yeah. she's already sleeping. <laughs> but uh, oh yeah, I would have oh, loved to see more of this. You jealous? It was one of the, the and jealous? it was set up so beautifully to continue it along. Too, I think that's what broke my heart about it. It had potential. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, 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 I really loved it, you know, and I, I think I think for maybe the general audience, it was a little too, um, well, a little I too, think what it is it, is it like, I guess, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't even for the 90s, it wasn't dark well, enough. the thing of it is, it's, it's gotten more love now because it's part of the 30s, 40 trilogy. And the thing of it is, too, the studios misread the public at that time. Mm. They saw Indiana Jones and everything. They immediately thought, oh, people are loving this. And they're not thinking action, adventure, the yeah, mystery. You need to know what, exactly what people are loving. They are, they, oh, yes, yeah. they thought the wrong thing. They thought, oh, people love movies that took place in the 30s and 40s with the fedora and the clothes and everything. So naturally, we started getting a whole plethora of that Dick Tracy the Rocketeer, the Shadow, the Phantom. Now, if we all remember what people were kind of wearing and everything in the 80s and late 70s, nothing could be farther from the truth, unless, of course, you're me, because I was. <laughs> I was on a Bogart bent way before it was popular. So but my the dog's thing name is... That's her I, name that is was not the case. Can't get a word in. Can't get a word in. You just keep I'm talking. sorry. Like Chris. Go for it. If I'm talking <laughs> to my pilot. He has, he has lots to talk about. No, Sue was asking what my dog's name was. That's all. I was trying to tell oh. her. Her name it's, is Ripley. Oh, named, yeah, I'm after, just, named after it, Ripley from Alien. Yeah, named after Ripley. <laughs> well, in the chat, uh, Antoine Wilson agrees with us. Sadly, true. It didn't catch on. What a shame. Um, Bill, I just put, I thought I just put um, uh, the clip on YouTube, making of the Phantom, and it's a whole bunch of that background stuff, including Billy saying that he's trying to walk like the character, and, and a couple yeah. of things that we've been talking about tonight. So I just put that in. Hello, David Dykes. Um, yeah. And yeah, Terry Morgan. Terry Morgan is saying that we need three sequels: a Phantom sequel, a Shadow sequel, and he wants John Carter. You mean Terry? Do you mean John Carter of Mars? That one? Yeah, probably. I think I didn't think that was such a bad movie. I think it was just maybe the release timing for it was wrong. And again, I think also it suffers from it. Not most people don't know who John Carter is. Yeah, that was I think that movie suffered from lack of again. I think it. I keep bringing up Valerian, but I think it was the same thing. Where in this country, it just wasn't mainstream enough for us that people caught him. I think if people who I think John Carter was more of a household name. Um, I think it, that film, I don't think yeah. the, I agree. The film wasn't that bad. It was, it was pretty good. I think overall, if you liked the, the story, yeah. of but, if you're familiar with the um, story, I mean, you know, but you know, you know, you know, uh, people are fickle in that way. You never know what's going to strike and what's going to hit and what's not. And you think, this is great. and, and we all, we've learned now that, that effects don't drive a movie doesn't a popularity anymore. I mean, we all, we see, we expect now a certain level of effects. Yeah. The Matrix um, a, pretty much settled that yeah. one. I'm amazed. The Matrix, yeah. Everyone was trying to outdo it. Right. But they had a, the original Matrix had a good story to it as well. Matrix it wasn't was just 99. the When was Jurassic Park? Matrix was 92. 92 or 93. So we had we were at that level of so this was right. 96. This thing was 96. Right. But we were at that level. Yeah. But they were still it still was kind of early in the sense that, you know, that was a Spielberg yeah, Spielberg. You know, that was a, uh, a full ILM. That was, and that was cutting edge for them to do. To and do I think they were gun shy. Like you brought up the point, point about uh, how I think they kind of shied away from that on purpose because, like you said, they wanted to go for a more 30, 40s vibe. Yeah, I, I think the practical effects in in were way they, better than if they had CGI'd a lot of it. Yeah. I, I just, yeah. I think they used the CGI where they needed to. Um, to make the skulls work, and, and I think for the most part it worked. But I, I loved all the the set building that they yeah, did. The whole and, city, you know, the whole um, jump car thing would have been CGI. 
Right. And, I mean, else. and knowing that it, it was a real guy. You don't even realize today how much CGI you see because even in a regular TV cool. show, they'll show a regular city street and half of that is CGI to make the cars the right where they need to be, the parking lot, certain levels yeah. full or empty. They will redo all these scenes just to make it the exact way they want it rather than make shooting it that way. Guys, check uh, Darren Doctor. Darren Doctorman was a good, yeah. He on his Facebook or maybe on his own website, he shows a clip where it was just a shot of like a parking lot, and he digitally edited. Yeah, that was from Bosch. Yeah, that, that was from the TV show Bosch, and it was it's the LAPD. And the you actual, literally, guys, it's the actual I, LAPD, and he shows that he shows it what the original shot was, and then how and they cleared just, out and added cars, and then and made guys, I can't tell the difference. If just, no one had told it's me, not I even a like, special oh, effect shot. It's just a part. It's a car driving through a parking lot. Driving through a parking lot, but I don't know that it's computer. I don't know yeah, that. That's my point. Is right now we're at a level where you can you won't even know when you're watching. Yeah. Stuff. Well, they have human beings doing the role of animals, yeah. rather than having to train yeah, animals. I mean, to, well, yeah. Uh, we're gonna get to the point to where they do won't it. Be I actors. mean, the wolf and the fan. They used the real wolf. Today they have a person. Yeah, nowadays they digitally would and yeah. have him act out the part. Yep. Okay. Well, we are we're past the hour, guys. So oh, wow. it's great oh, though, Chris. Really? I didn't want, but so let's just final. I mean, I don't know, final thoughts. It's a great movie. I mean, that's that's my final thought. Go watch if you haven't seen it. Oh yes. you'll Still like it. it if you don't. If you I don't think like it, I mean, better in time. It's a know. pretty piece, guys. Time. I think it's like three bucks to rent on Amazon. Yeah, it's uh, well Amazon worth brand. it. Yeah. Oh, well I mean, it. you just can't. You just can't go wrong. If you want to have a movie where you sit back and just have fun. This is the movie for you, whether you know about the fandom or not. I agree. You do not need to know the backstory to enjoy this film. Nope. Nope. So. I just, I got to say this out loud because Terry just posted. Someone asked Terry how he's doing. Terry says, I'm doing great. I lost 110 pounds. Wow, he great for great. you. Good for you. Yeah, I just talked to him. He's getting better and he might be getting off his seat pounds. Great. Good for you. Terry, that's awesome. Good for you. That is awesome. So what do we got? What's Phil got coming uh, up? Phil is, you know what? Phil is not on tomorrow night, but Friday night he will be doing an hour of jazz in tribute to uh, the WUSB jazz DJ George Rudolph, who's who just passed and whose funeral will be on Saturday. Roy has two things coming up on Friday, this Friday. So today's Wednesday, so Friday he's doing uh, Destination Moon. Destination Moon is from the night is from oh. nineteen fifty. And it's um, it, it is an Academy Award winner for best visual effects, and it's noted as the first major United American uh, science fiction film to deal with the practical scientific and engineering aspects of space travel. Like we look nowadays, we're like you know that movie The Martian. We're like, yeah, that was really yeah. realistic. But this was one of the first ones to do that. And then later in January, on January twenty seventh. Roy will have very special guest Patrick Reed Johnson. And you guys should remember that name because he is the guy who did the movie 52577. We reviewed that movie and Roy reviewed that movie. It's the movie about Star Wars and about making movies as a kid. Yeah. So he will be talking to him on, on the 27th. So tune in to Roy's yeah. Tiny Sci Fi. Good one. Uh, Rizzo, what do we have coming up? I don't know. Do we know? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm, I wanted I'm, I'm to really, do, yeah, I'm, I'm falling. I, I wanted to do the, ma, the, the surprise. It'll but, be a surprise. It'll be a surprise. Look at you. you guys don't know, you'll know. You're you never are. disappointed. Oh, Martin says he picked up 525.77. I hope you like it, Martin. It's a yeah. really great it's film. It's really good. It's really good. I really enjoy it. Even my wife loved it, and she's not a sci fi person. She likes Star Wars, of course, but not, you know. So even if you don't, yes. I think if it is, if you, if you grew up around that time, like you're our age, my age, you're in your 50s, 60s, my age, you will enjoy, you will enjoy, you if you remember, it. if you remember 52577 yes. and you remember the 70s, you will, you will love really it. love oh, it. Oh yeah. Bill added that Destination, Roy's show Destination Moon, it was written by Robert Heinlein. Yeah, That's I true. Know, I know. Okay, on that note, Chris, thank you so much for coming. Yes, Chris, thank um, you. You're such a good like, person. I'm sure you could have for having me hour back. on this because you're just. I, I had loved every minute of it. I didn't monopolize. No, you didn't. You came prepared. That's what we no, love. No, we enjoy that. That's good. We it makes love it. Easier it. For you us. came with the information, and that's what we're about. I'm sure. Yes, look, we had a good I loved every minute of it. Thank you for having me back. Oh, you're welcome anytime. For some other movie, let me know. 
You're well, not some passion or something. Now we have to do the shadow. Like no, do the shadow. I've never. You know, I that's I've, I've seen the modern one with uh, what's his name. Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin. Yeah. That's the one. I haven't seen we'll that have one. To, we'll have to do it. Well, if you're going to do that, may I suggest the serial with Victor Jory? Really <laughs> it, like compare and contrast. Compare and contrast. Yeah. The shadow movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> maybe Green Hornet. No. Or maybe Green. Ah! Hornet. No, that oh, one was bad. That had no, what's his name? That had Zeth. Zeth. Zeth uh, not the Rogan Hornet. Yeah, the guy from I always think of him from Forty Year Old Virgin. Yeah, I know exactly who you mean. <laughs> yeah, I'll cry. <laughs> That's that, okay. uh, that'll kill me. Well, yeah, we'll I don't do, think that one was very we'll good. We'll do John Carter or Mars. Yeah, sometime. maybe John Carter. Yeah, that might be a good one. Maybe we'll do John Carter. All right, guys. All right. Till live next time, long live long and, and prosper. Everybody stay safe. Hope anybody who's in the Northeast, we're getting snow. We're so. getting snow. All right. Stay warm, you guys. Good night, folks. Good night.